Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, I'm going to be going to the book of Hebrews, uh, the very first chapter. I want to read a couple verses there and talk about some things. Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, I want to read uh, two verses and then um, just uh, we'll see where we go. Are you ready? Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make your your enemies uh, your footstool? He never never said that to angels, and angels don't sit. Uh, Gabriel, when he came to... to, uh, in, in Matthew, he said, I'm Gabriel who stand in the presence of God. He said, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now, you know, this is the time of year where, you know, we, the one, maybe one time of year that the church thinks about angels. You know, because you, you, you hear of them, you know, uh, are announcing Jesus' birth, and you hear of them working with the, uh, Joseph and Mary. And uh, then, you know, we go on from the Christmas season, and then the church forgets about angels and so forth. But did you know the Bible doesn't forget about angels? Amen. And the Bible's not silent about them. Um, I've done a lot of study on angels, and honestly, to be, you know, I have notes. Uh, after notes after notes on the subject of angels and could literally stand here and preach for, you know, week after week on the subject and tell you things about angels that maybe you didn't even know about. But it's in the Bible and how they 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 work in our lives if we allow them. The, the, The Bible, the Bible lists a hundred and one appearances of angels. What I mean by that is there's a hundred and one times in the Bible where angels appeared to someone. They appeared to different individuals. They appeared to all of Israel one time. They are mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. Yet, the, the church, as a general rule, doesn't know anything at all about them. But yet, if you will read the Scriptures, you'll find them speaking to Philip and directing him. You'll you'll see them in John chapter 5, stirring up the pool of Bethesda, and whoever got in got healed. You'll see them uh, bringing provision to the prophet Elijah. You will see them doing all kinds of things that we never maybe thought about that they would do. But yet, this scripture says they're all sent forth as ministering spirits to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. All of them. They're sent forth to help us. And, you know, some of the things that I'm going to say today are not, they're not very religious. They're not very... uh, widely accepted by the church. But how many know 
what we need to go by is not by tradition, but by Bible. What's the Bible say? Amen. Now, I've, I've known people that, you know, I know uh, people that have actually seen angels, that have actually seen them. Um, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's up to God, right? Amen. It, it's like a friend of mine, he, he's seen angels and he wrote a book about it. And he said his granddaughter called him on the cell phone one day and said, uh, Grandpa, will you teach me to see angels? Uh, I, 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 in your, your book, you said you, you've seen them. <laughs> he was like, well, honey, you'll have to talk to Jesus about that. I can't do that. You have to talk to Jesus about that. Well, I mean, you know, it, that, the Lord determines that, not us. That's called discerning of spirits. It's one of the gifts of the spirit, right. discerning of spirits, actually singing to that spirit world. And so, right. you know, th- there's been people that have, but it, you know, it doesn't matter where we see them or not. Uh, the Bible talks about them and talks about them working on our behalf. And, and we can just look at their, the times that they showed up in the scriptures and get some clues about how to work with angels. But they're, but they're all, now, now notice this, the Bible says, now listen now, the, the Bible says they're all ministering spirits. You know what the word ministering means? It means serving or helping. Waiting on you. To send forth to minister or serve them who are heirs of salvation. Folks, they're our servants. That's what the Bible just said. They're serving spirits. Now, does that mean we can just tell them to do anything we want them to do? No, that's not what that means. But it means they're here to help us. Even in the Old Testament, when when, uh, Abraham sent his servant to find his son a wife, He said, the angel of the Lord will go before you and prosper your way. He'll help you do this. He'll help you find a wife for my son. Well, that's pretty natural, right? And so if they'll do that, how many know there's a lot of other areas they'll help us in? Amen. You know, sometimes you, I don't, you know, I don't want to, we don't go by experiences. We, We go by the word, but experiences are good if they're in line with the word. And I've had people tell me some of the experiences they've had with angels over the years. And, and I, don't just, uh, I don't just accept anything anybody says. I'm not that gullible. But, you know, there are people that tell you things that have proven character. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there are people in this church, if you told me you saw something, I will believe you. I will believe you. For one thing, you don't have 45 visions before breakfast every day. <laughs> All right. So you're not weird. But I've had people tell me, I had a lady tell me one time, she said, Pastor, I saw an angel working with you today. Amen. She said, I saw him up there working with you. And she said he had uh, like a, uh, a sword in his hand, drawn. And she said, it's like he had armor on, he had a sword drawn. Right. And I told her, I said, you know what that means? She says, what? Don't mess with the pastor. <laughs> now, I don't know why the Lord had her see that. I have no idea. I, I never saw him, but I do know I, that you and I have angels that work with us and help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I was praying for a lady one time in that very first building we were in. I, 
and I'm getting ready to go. She was, I was on the platform just, and she was down in the prayer line and I'm getting ready to step off the platform and pray for her. And I heard this uh, and I, 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 spiritual things are hard to explain sometimes because you just know sometimes. And it's like I heard in my spirit, don't lay hands on her. There's, there's a couple angels going to minister to her today. Well, you know, that's kind of strange. But I'll tell you this much. I just stayed on the platform and I watched this woman. It was like, you believe this or not, but I saw it. It's like her hair blew back, like a breeze blew in. She hit the floor. Amen. Well, I didn't say anything to her right then. I waited till later. And I asked her, I said, you know, later on, what happened? And, and she said, it's just like something hit me in the face. Amen. And she said, I was on the floor. Now, listen to this. Phyllis can verify this. We had a couple in the service that morning. They were evangelists. They were friends of ours. They, and, and a husband and his wife. And he didn't have any priest to preach that morning, so he came to our church. And so we went out to eat together. And, the, and his wife said, I saw two angels working with you today. I said, tell me about it. She said, well, she said, it was when you were getting ready to pray for that woman that, with the black hair. said, they went by you on both sides, exactly what I felt. And they ministered to her. I thought, well, praise the Lord. I didn't see it, but I know it happened. Praise the Lord. And, and, and now, you know, so, and people think that's weird. That's strange. That's weird. No, the Bible says they ministered to Jesus and gave him strength. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So they're ministering spirits sent forth to help us. Now, here's the thing about that we've got to know. And some of this is a little deeper than what the church goes. But I'm just telling you, I know you guys get it. But if you're watching this online, go to your Bible. Don't get your picture of angels off Christmas cards. Amen. That's Greek mythology. Most of it. It's not Bible. Go to the Bible. Anytime angels showed up in the Bible, most people needed huggies. Come on. They, you just go to the Old Testament. They would, appear, they would appear and the angels have to touch Daniel. You have to touch and put strength in them because they, they just lose all strength, man. Amen. But yet, they've come to serve us. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mighty fine servants, if you ask me. But, but if, you, if you have a servant, someone that waits on you, like a waiter at a table, you go out to eat. Who tells them what to do? If, you go up to the, if they come up to the table and say, what do you want today? And you're just quiet, you don't say anything, you're not getting anything. You got to open your mouth and say what you want. Right. Amen. You got to tell them. You know, I want uh, I want barbecue chicken. I want you know steak, medium well. I want you know, get, I mean, follow what I'm saying. Amen. So so you the, you go now. Is this scriptural? Well, think about this. When the angel appeared to Daniel, Daniel 10, t- t- chapter ten, verse twelve, the angel said to him, "He said, I've come because of your words." Because of your words. That's why I've come. Because of your words. When you said some things, I, I came. Amen. And so you find, you, and I, we've, we've quoted this scripture many times over the years, but, Psalm, but I love it. Psalm 103 verse 20 says that the angels hearken to the voice of God's word. Now that word voice means to proclaim. Amen. It means to proclaim. It, it means to the sound of God's word. So it's pretty interesting 
that the Bible doesn't just say they hearken to God's word. It says they hearken to the voice of it. In other words, where they hear the word, they hearken to the word. Now, that doesn't mean God has to say the word. It just says they hearken to the word. That ought to make sense to you. As a kid, have you ever had one of your siblings come and say, Dad said. What does that mean? That means I got to obey that just as much as it came right out of dad's mouth. Because if I don't, dad's going to be in the room next. You understand? And my dad was a dad that he did not give you time out. He gave you knockout. Well, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, uh, our parents would spank you. They were before Dr. Spock. So they, they hadn't heard him yet. And when they did hear him, they didn't listen to him. Thank God. Amen. And so we didn't grow up in t- like with an entitlement mentality, like everybody owed us something. Oh, I'm preaching really good. We were taught, you want money, go to work. You want a car, get a job. You want your insurance paid for, dish it out. Now, see, I've offended like three quarters of America already, and I'm just preaching on angels. But it's just the truth. We were taught that you're responsible for your own self. Yeah, get your rear end out of bed and go to work. Hallelujah. So that's what we did. When like, well, government owes me. Well, honey, if you're facing the government, God bless you because it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. You're going to need, you're going to, you're going to need a lot of help. Mine's not in the government. Amen. Mine's in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, so he said, he said, that they hearken to the voice of God's word. So see, our words of faith, our words of prayer, uh, they, they cause the angels to move on our behalf. Uh, Jesus said, you know, when he was on the cross, he, he said, don't you think that I could, I could, uh, he, I could, or he said to Peter, I think it was, don't put away your sword. Don't you think I could call uh, to, to my father and he'd send me 12 legions of angels, 72,000 angels right now. Well, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I mean, our prayer life can release angels to go to work. The early church, Peter got in prison in Acts chapter 12. He was in prison. And the Bible says the church prayed without ceasing and God sent an angel and got him out. Think God can still, you think God still got an angel? Or you think they're all so old now that they're in angel nursing home somewhere, you know, drooling, knitting or something? How many know the same angels that delivered the people in the Old Testament are still here on the earth. They're just looking for some people of faith they can go to work for. All of them are still here. The one that delivered Daniel from the lion's den, he's still in the earth. What's he do? He's a deliverer. He delivered Daniel. He's still looking for people to deliver. They're all still here. But yet, so much of the church, they're just Christmas cards, you know, little fat naked babies. None of that's accurate. Amen. But our words have something to do with it. You know, when the, when that, when the angel uh, came to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, remember, uh, 
he told him that him and Elizabeth were going to have a, a, a child. And he starts, Zachariah starts spouting off a bunch of unbelief. He says, man, I'm an old man and my wife's well stricken in years. That's, an old, that's just a way of saying that she's just not what she used to be. She's old. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. And I came from the presence of God to tell you this. And you are going to be dumb till this thing happens. I'm shutting your mouth, boy. Now, why do you think that angel shut his mouth? Because he was ticked off? No, he shut his mouth so he wouldn't mess the whole thing up. You're not going to talk until you, this is done. Boy, that'd get a lot of us delivered right there, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. What if God shut our mouth? and we <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> Angels and demons are listening to our words. When, now listen now, this is good. When you start speaking words of faith, you'll notice a vast improvement in your life because of the work of angels. Now how do I know that? Because when I start speaking words of faith over my life, my life vastly improved. Vastly improved. Because, listen, you know, and I, I, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this, about how our lifestyle can affect what angels can do. A lot of people will tell you, no, it has nothing to do with it. Whatever God says, whatever God tells those angels to do, then that's what they do. We don't have anything to do with it. Well, let me just tell you, if that's the truth, then they're not, they're not real successful sometimes. See, what, what, listen now. Did you know the Bible tells us in Psalm 78, verse 41, that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel? Now, let me, let me say this to you for all the super, super duper, you know, um, sovereignists. You have to understand that God, is, God could do it any way He wanted to do it. He's God. I don't think there's anybody could stop Him. You got that? But he's chosen ways he does things. And that was to give man authority. And for man to make his own choices. God doesn't make them for him. He'll help you when you make them, but he doesn't make them for you. How could, how could a human being limit the Holy One of Israel? Yet the Bible says that it happened. The way it is is because God has set things up that our lifestyle will determine how much He will do in our life, how much He's able to do. God, God, there, you, you understand, there's spiritual laws. God operates by faith. He moves in an, an atmosphere of faith. Jesus in His own, own hometown, the Bible said He could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Didn't say He wouldn't, said He couldn't. Well, because God won't move in, in that environment of unbelief. He doesn't move in that. Now, that's the way he's chosen. So that is sovereign. But you better know how he works. You better read his book, find out how he works, what he said. You know, because, I mean, I, the scripture of the psalm says God sets in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. And people think, well, he just controls everything. No, he's already done what he pleased. Amen. He pleased to give us a free will. That's what he pleased to do. He's not making all of our decisions for us. I, I personally wished he was. 
we'd be a lot better off. But he's not. And he's doing it the right way. How many know that? So listen now. Can, can God be hindered? Does the Bible talk about the Holy Spirit being hindered? Doesn't it say, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God? Quench not the Spirit? We can put the power of the Spirit out in our church in a heartbeat if we want to. He'll, could God override? He could, but He's not going to. So, all right, if you can, if you can limit, hinder the Holy One of Israel, if you can grieve and hinder the Holy Spirit, what would make us think that we can't hinder angels? By our lifestyle. By our unbelief coming out of our mouth. See, one thing we know that angels don't like, we know they don't like unbelief because they shut, they shut Zacharias' mouth over it. They said, that's enough of that, buddy. Because this is, this is the plan of God for you and Elizabeth to have a son named John the Baptist. This is the will of God. And you're not going to mess it up, so you just, we're just shutting you up. How I many of the angel didn't do that out of anger? He did that out of preservation of the plan of God. So how many know, how many know that if, if Zechariah could have stopped the plan of God, how many know you, your mouth can stop the plan of God? You absolutely, man. By not saying what God has said about you and His Word. Amen. This is good preaching. You know, it's a little strong this morning for some people. I know that. But that's all right. You know, just look at your Bible and read the verses all about these angels. And you'll see. You, you, and open, read them with open mind. And you'll see you, you might have missed a lot of things. Look at Psalm chapter 34. Psalm 34, that is. Go there, Psalm 34. Hallelujah. Thank God for angels. Psalm 34. So, so when we begin to speak words of faith, our lives are going to improve because angels get involved in that. Amen. Our words of prayer, our words of confession obviously have something to do with it. Just like that waiter waiting on you at your table, you give them the instructions. You tell them what to do. Of course, and when we're talking about angels and things like that, everything you say has to be in line with the word. They don't just... Oh, they don't just go out and they're going to mow your yard, change your oil. You know, do things you're supposed to do. Watch your kids for you. No, really. See, people get weird. Teach these things, they get weird. You know, it's like Brother Hagin tells a story about a, a ministry that bought this property. and It was a nice property and it had a pool on it, you know. And these people working in the ministry, they had a two-year-old out there running around. And so the maintenance guy comes in and he tells these people, he says, you better watch your kid. You know, there's no fence around that pool. And he's out there playing around it. And they said, oh, the angels will watch over him. You know what? The little guy fell in the pool and drowned. And it's like Brother Hagin said, God didn't give you those kids for the angels to watch over him. He told you to watch over him. Now you do your part and the angels will help. But you got to do your part. They don't do your part. God gave you kids. How many know you're supposed to be smart enough to watch out for your kids? You don't just go to Lloyd Expressway and say, see if you make it across. How many know you grab their hand, right? Well, you don't even do that. But anyway, you don't try to cross Lloyd Expressway. But anyway, I'm just using, you don't, I mean, on the street, you just don't, you know, see if you can make it, honey, you're too. No. How many know you're going to grab the hand, right? Now, they'll get, a little, they'll get old enough where you don't have to grab their hand. 
you know, I've got a grandson now. He's 20 years old or 21, whatever he is now. I don't grab his hand now. He ain't got to figure it out now. He ain't make it. How many understand that after a while they grow up? Well, spiritually, you know, we got to grow up. See, God told Israel, he said, he said, this new covenant I'm making with you, he said, it's not like the old covenant where I grabbed you by the hand and led you out of Egypt. He said, this new covenant is every man will know the Lord. In other words, it's up to you to get to know me in this new covenant. I'm not going to hold your hand any longer. This is a grown-up covenant, not a hand-holding covenant. This is a grown-up covenant. You find out in my book what I said and live by that. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Uh, I hope I'm not too, like, being too sharp this morning, but it's just good preaching anyway. Amen. Psalm 34, it, it, you know, a lot of these things, are, they're a little bit meatier and people need to know them. Psalm 34, it, verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Well, what if we don't fear the Lord? Now, there's, go over to, go over to uh, 1 Corinthians. I, I'm going to look at about two more scriptures or so, three. But go there. Let's, let, I re, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians. It makes... I've heard people try to explain it a lot of different ways, and none of it made any sense to me. But I finally saw what, what was being said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul deals with different things. One of the things he's dealing with is the custom of the day in Corinth. You know, different regions, uh, different countries have different customs. And sometimes you have to follow those customs as long as they don't you know, cross the word. Right. You know, you go on the foreign field, you know, like if I go to mission field, there's times I have to observe customs or things that they do that we don't do in America. But I'm over there and, and it, 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 it means something to their conscience. You understand? So Paul is addressing this. Should women wear a head covering to show they're under authority of their husband? All right. Because Corinth was a region where they wore head coverings. OK. And uh, Paul's dealing with that. that this, this society believes in this strongly. And so he's dealing with this because, see, people are getting in strife about this. All right. So, so Paul's just saying, look, look, don't fight wars over this. He said, and he went on to say, he said, we don't have any customs like this, neither the church of God. This is not a, this is not a God thing. But it happens to be something in your society. Amen. I mean, like in America, there, it's changed a lot, but there used to be things that were acceptable that, and weren't acceptable. Amen. Right? Yeah. Amen. And you just, you had to observe it. You had to, you had to watch it because it would offend people's conscience. And if you do that, you lose them for the gospel. All right? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's all Paul's talking about here in Corinth when he talks about you know, a man not having his head covered when he prays or prophesies, but a woman should have her head covered when she prays and prophesies because you guys believe, your custom, your society believes that that head covering on that woman is a sign that she's under um, the authority of her husband in a Bible way, all right? That, don't, that doesn't mean a thing here in America. Amen. All we think is she's got a scarf on. That's it. Because we don't have that custom. They did. 
Is, that, is anybody listening to what I'm saying? Amen. See, because if you read on, he went on to say in uh, verse, uh, uh, verse 16, if, if any man seemed to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. How I many know if's not Bible doctrine? Right. Bible doctrine is not if. Amen. It's yes and amen. Right. All right. So I want you to see that because he says this in verse 10. He says, for this cause ought the woman to have power, the King James says, on her head because of the angels. Or your translation may say, a sign of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, I have heard this verse explained all kinds of different ways. One day I'm reading this, and I believe, I'm just saying what I believe, I believe the Lord showed me what Paul's talking about here. You see, that... If that woman, if that woman didn't have that covering on her head, to those people, it was a sign of rebellion. It was a sign of a lack of honor. And so Paul is saying, you know, because that's what it would be in their, that's what it would be in their custom. Is anybody following what I'm saying? So what Paul is saying, he says, don't do that because of the angels. Now, here's what the Lord showed me. He said, the angels have seen rebellion before. They saw a third of their group rebel against God. And he said, they're not coming anywhere near it. So if a Christian gets in rebellion to God, to his word, to the pastor, to the church, angels are bound from helping you. They're not coming anywhere near it. Now listen now. I'm talking about how we can hinder angels by our lifestyle. If we don't live according to the word, man, amen, we don't speak according to the word and our lives don't represent the word, I'm not saying it totally stops them, but it definitely hinders them. Now, if you don't think that's not possible, I want you to think about a scripture. Maybe you've read it, maybe you haven't, but in Exodus chapter 23, God told Israel, he said, I'm going to send an angel before you and he's going to keep you in the way and bring you into the place I have prepared for you. That's what God said. I'm sending an angel with you. He's going to bring you into the place. He's going to keep you in the way and bring you in the place I've prepared for you. That group that God said that to did not get into the promised land. Even though God said, I sent an angel to get you there, they did not get in because of their rebellion. Even Isaiah said that the Holy Spirit turned and fought against them. Isaiah 63, 9, because, and because of their rebellion, because they, see, they knew, they knew how to live. They knew how to live right, and they chose not to do it. It hindered. Thank God for God's mercy, but it, we still have hindrances here. It's, this, is, this is pretty strong this morning, but, uh, you know, it's not like a lighthearted Christmas message. But I think it's important that we understand angels want to help us, but we've got to cooperate. We got to speak the word. We got to speak the, about what the word says about us. We can't speak a bunch of unbelief out of our mouth all the time. And we can't just live any way we want to live, any lifestyle we want to live, and expect that they're going to, they're going to be a partaker of that. See, in, the, in that scripture in Exodus, God said, He said, Don't provoke that angel. He told Israel, He said, Don't provoke him, for my name's in him. What does it mean? Uh, who I am, all I am, that's in him. My holiness is in him. And listen, and it says, for he will not pardon your transgressions. And I thought, well, I was reading that, and I thought, is that, is that angel an unforgiving lot? 
Well, I did some study on it. What it means is he won't overlook it. If you guys choose to live contrary to my word, he's not just going to overlook it and say, no, that's okay. He's backing off from you. He's not going to help you. Well, he's not getting close to rebellion. Ain't no way he's going to take any chances that God thinks he's involved in your lifestyle. Oh, come on now. All right, you're not helping me preach very well. Maybe you don't like it, but you know it, it, it's all Scripture. It's all in the Bible. Hey, Balaam provoked an angel. Remember that? I mean, the guy has a talking donkey. And he gets so mad at the donkey, he pulls a sword out and is going to kill this donkey. I'm thinking this guy has, he is, man, he's got, he's got straw for brains. If you have a talking donkey, the last thing you want to do is kill it. Take it to the county fair, man. You got some money here. You got a gold mine. You got a talking donkey. And, and the donkey talks to him and you think the guy say, whoa, donkey just talked. He said, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you. How many know he provoked that? He provoked an angel. The Bible teaches he provoked an angel. He took that angel off. In other words, that angel says, I'm not getting involved with your rebellion. I mean, we better, we better think, you know, we think we're just going to rebel against the word of the Lord and think what we're throwing away. Amen? Amen. Now, hallelujah. I don't know, I've given you so much. Maybe I should quit right now. But look at this. All right. Now, talking about this, you know, the scripture we read, where the angel of the Lord encamp around about those that fear him. The psalmist in Psalm 91 is a pretty famous psalm for most of us, you know, where he said that he'll keep you in all your ways. I love the classic Amplified. It says he'll keep you in all your ways of obedience and service. Obedience and service. Now, look at Matthew 18. I'm going to look at this and maybe one more thing. Did you get something today? Matthew chapter 18, kind of teaching here, preaching, doing a little bit of both. But angels, there's a lot more to angels than just Christmas cards. They're there to help us. And, 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 and you know, all of us, no doubt, have been helped by angels at one time or another. <clears throat> Matthew 18 Verse 10, Jesus said, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. In other words, he's saying their angels have access to, 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 to the Father. They have access. But I want you to notice, he talked about like they all have angels. All of them. Now, my, my question would be, do you lose your angel when you grow up? course not. Or angels. He says angels. It's good to have more than one, I guess. But, but why are they there? They're there to help you. Right. See, I, I thought about this scripture one time in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. It says, uh, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I thought about that. I thought, well, wait a minute here. Why would that scripture say that if angels don't get involved in our life at times? Right? Why would it tell us, watch out now. You never know. You never know. How many encounters maybe have we had? Amen? You never know, you know. 
Amen. I mean, I've heard stories from friends of mine, things that have happened to them. Just supernatural. You just, you just knew it was an angel. I, actually, she's, uh, she's gone on to heaven now, but she was uh, like a spiritual mother to me when I first got saved. And uh, she told me, and she was one of these people that when they told you something, you, you took it as gospel because they, they didn't make stuff up. They didn't have charismatic hallucinations. I asked her one time, this has nothing to do with this, this sermon, but I thought you might enjoy this. I asked her one time because she she'd been in Pentecost a long time. And I asked her, I said, what's the funniest thing you ever saw in church? She didn't, she didn't even skip a beat. She said, this guy was preaching one night. She said, he was just preaching, and I mean, he was going after it. And she said, he spit his false teeth out. <laughs> she said, he reached down, picked him up off the floor, put him in his pocket, and said, Angle, that, that stop me with God. <laughs> she said he might as well. The service was over. Anyway, I had nothing to do with the story. She told me, she said, you know, she said, I worked for the nursing home. And she said, I worked night shift. And she said, I was always afraid to go out to my car out in the dark, you know. And she said, I had a fear there. And she was a praying woman. I mean, you know, she, she knew how to get a hold of God. And she told me one night, she said, I went out to my car. I got in. And she said, when I got in my car, she said, the passenger door opened up and in climbed the biggest man I'd ever seen. Now, she was driving, uh, and some of you a little older, you'll know what I'm talking about. She was driving a Buick Electra. Anybody old enough remember Buick Electra? They were like a, a battleship carrier. You could land planes on the trunk lid. I mean, they weren't small cars. She said he opened the door, he got in, and said he was so big he had to scrunch down, and his head was over, over the dash. Said he looked over at me like that, and he smiled, and said he disappeared. She said from that night on, I was never afraid to go out in that vehicle at nighttime, never. He removed all fear. Did you know that angel had been there all along? God in His mercy, God in His grace, let her see that. But there's one with us all the time. You don't go out in the night alone. you got help. Just make sure that you're speaking words of faith. Make sure your lifestyle is in line with God's Word. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, can we read one last scripture? 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's go there. 2 Kings chapter 6. <clears throat> I love this story. 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, what's happening is the king of Syria is warring with the king of Israel. Syria and Israel at war. <clears throat> and in verse number 8, Second <coughs> Kings 6, it says, And the man of God said, uh, well, excuse me, verse 8, I'm going to verse 6, Second Kings 6, 8. It says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel. He took counsel with, such, with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God 
who is Elisha, sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for thither the king of Syria, uh, the, the Syrians are come down. So the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him of. He warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, that is Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that the men of, oh, that the, the leaders of the nations would listen to the true prophets today. It certainly helped them a lot. You know, when I, uh, Mr. Eisenhower, Ike Eisenhower was president, uh, he used to go see a prophet in California, an unknown guy. I mean, the guy was, I think he pastored a smaller church and uh, but he began, this guy was a true prophet. He was a true prophet of God. And he began to prophesy national secrets about national secrets. And so after a while, you know, some of the things he prophesied, he wasn't like one of the prophets like we have today that prophesy and nothing ever happens. And then they're, they're the star at the next prophetic conference. You know, nobody says anything like, you know, you prophesied 40 things and haven't come to pass. We know we all miss it, but at least say, I missed it. Yeah. Right? At least say, hey, I missed it. Sorry, I repent, apologize, I'll do barrenness, you know. Because everybody misses it. You got on up to it, not just sweep it under the rug and say, okay, where's the next conference for me to speak at? Like, come on. This guy, the, the Secret Service came to Mr. Eisenhower and they said, they're, you know, uh, there is a guy, a pastor in California, and he's prophesying things about that, you know, I mean, some of Ike Eisenhower, excuse me, some of Ike Eisenhower's top men, not the Secret Service, came to him and told him, said, he is prophesying, Mr. President, things that only we know. He's prophesying about, about things that are going on in other nations. And so Ike Eisenhower sent they, some of the Secret Service guys out to check him out. And they came back and they told the president and said, you know, uh, yeah, this guy's for real. And uh, he is saying things that uh, he shouldn't know about. And so Mr. Eisenhower went to see him personally as the president of the United States, uh, you know, kind of in, incognito, under the radar, went to see him and began to get counsel from this guy. What are you seeing? What's happening? Hallelujah. Well, you know, there's still leaders that do that, thank God, but not, not as many as should be. Some leaders come to Dr. Barclay and they'll ask him, what do you see? He said, well, you ain't going to like it. Amen. Well, how can we fix America? He's get back to the Bible. That's right? right? Amen. Like old preacher Lester Roloff said, do you want to save America? Get America saved. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Amen. Anyway, listen to this now. And, and, and one of his servants, verse 12, said, nothing, Lord. My Lord, O King, but Elisha the prophet that's in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. And he said, go and spy where he's at that I may send and fetch him. And he, said, he, he was told him, saying, behold, he's in Dothan. He wasn't sending to fetch him. L listen, here's why he's going after him. He's not going after him to kill him. He's going after him because he's going to make him work for him. He wants him. That's why he's going after me. There, there's no, I'm going to kill you. No, I'm going to get you. You're going to help me. 
And he said, verse, that he was in Dothan. And, and therefore he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant, so, so I mean, he wasn't, man, he wasn't quiet about it. He sent the whole host to get him. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how or what are we going to do? So he sees all this army. He goes, what are we going to do? And, and he answered, Elisha answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, I am convinced that Elisha never saw anything. He just speaking by faith. And he prayed. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you. Open his eyes that he can see this. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. They were the angels of God. Now, they were there before he ever saw them. And I'm convinced Elisha never saw them. He just knew it by faith. He knew. We got more with us. We got a whole host with us of angels. Hallelujah. So the last thing I want to say to you about this is, look, no matter what goes on, no matter what else, faith's got something to do with it. Hallelujah. What, what happens in the life of a believer is largely results of their faith. And people like, you know, this, if you want to treat angels like, you know, we don't have anything at all to do with it. They're just Christmas card things. And maybe they're real. Maybe they're not. And if they do do anything, it's because God said for them to do it. And they don't, that's, that's all they do, you know. And maybe once in a while they help somebody avoid a car wreck or something like that. If that's all you have, then you're, gonna, you're not going to receive the fullness of their help. You got to cooperate. You got to be a man of faith, a woman of faith that lives pure. Amen. And talks right. You do that, man, they're going to be there to help you. Hallelujah. I learned years ago that they help with all kinds of things. I learned they help with provision, all kinds of things. Hallelujah. You know, people, you know, people. I know people will make fun of you, but, you know, do whatever. And I know you won't, but people will. But do whatever you want to. But I've had angels help me financially bring in money. I can't even count the times. I think one of the most outstanding, it wasn't the most amount, but it was just if we were in a pinch one time on taxes, Phyllis and I. Uh, not that we were doing anything wrong. It's just that, you know, uh, we owe the government money. Amen. And they don't seem to be as forgiving as some of you all are. Of and so, you know, we, we had, and we didn't have the money. And it was a certain, it was a certain amount, which in the, to us, today it doesn't look big. In those days, it looked big. Amen. It looked real big. It looked almost insurmountable to me. You know, because we, we were just were in a smaller place at the time in our lives. And so everybody was in a smaller place in those days. Um, but anyway, I remember, I remember claiming that money. I claim this amount of money. I claim it. I bind you, Satan, command you. You let go of my money. You and all your demons let go of my money. Because the devil tries to hold things up in the natural world. 
And I remember I released the angels to go out, the ministering spirits to help me and to bring in that money that I need. You know? Amen. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you what. Every, that money came in and I had extra $35. And it was a miracle. I'm telling you, it was a miracle. I went to preach for this church. See, God can do it different ways by few or many. I went to preach for this church. You know. And when I got there, I walked in and I didn't even go to the auditorium. It was a, I don't know, it might have been a Friday night or something. And the pastor took me to his office, you know, and we're just talking, you know. And, and then I hear the music start. You know, well, let's service start. Let's go. And so we walk out there, and when I walked out there, there, I saw that crowd, and I thought, this crowd doesn't have that kind of money. Not that I need. It doesn't have it. Amen. That's what I thought. How I many know that's wrong thinking? Absolutely. And, 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 and thank God I called it to me. I said, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. I'm judging by what I see. I'm walking by sight, not by faith. Now, I don't know that God's going to meet that need through this crowd tonight. I don't know that. But I'm not going to block him from doing it. Y'all hear me? I'm going to give him every opportunity. He might, it might come some other way. That's his choice. But it could come through this offering. They're going to, and I'm assuming they're going to take an offering up for me. They, I didn't ask for one, but I, they usually do. You know, you're a guest speaker. And so they took up the offering. I got my faith right. I got out to the car. I said, Phyllis, open that envelope. And it was $35 over what we needed to pay our taxes. So we were able to pay our taxes and go buy a steak. Hallelujah. Now people say, well, I don't believe the angels had anything to do with it. Well, I'm glad I wasn't listening to you. I'd, I'd have a prison ministry today. Didn't pay his taxes. Why? Well, I didn't pay my taxes because I listened to all those unbelieving Christians. They talked me out of believing for the supernatural. But I still believe in the supernatural. I still believe in the help of angels. I have to do my part, right? Yep. And, and I did mess up a little bit on the taxes and I repented to God about it because, you know, I mean, I, I had enough sense to know that the money that I was getting when I was going out to preach, I was going to have to pay taxes on, on that. I should have been keeping part of that back instead of spending it like I was. Amen. So I had to repent and change that. That's right. But God's merciful. The next time he might not have bailed me out because I knew better now. I mean, you know, you don't believe how, you don't know how dumb I was before I married this woman on the front row. You can't imagine. I'd go out and preach and I'd get offering because I preached a lot of places and I'd go out and preach and get offering. I never paid taxes on any of that. Shouldn't be saying this on live stream, but here we are. Uh, I didn't pay taxes on any of that. I thought, and I didn't really think I was doing anything wrong. I just thought the government gets enough money. They don't need any more. <laughs> really, honestly, I was that stupid. And, I, and I, did, I wasn't under conviction about it. I just thought, you know, what they don't know, don't hurt them. Amen. You know, then I married her and she said, we're stopping that right now. Miss, miss everything in order and perfect was exactly what I needed to help me keep from going to jail. And I wasn't like I was, you know, underhandly doing it. I just, that's just was my mindset was, you know, they, they, they got enough money. They don't need my little piddly money. I'll just keep it. 
We got married and she found out I'm going all these places to preach and they're giving me offerings. You're supposed to pay taxes on that. Oh, no, you don't have to pay taxes on that. That's not real money. You know, I'd say stupid stuff like that to her. You know, it's like, oh, it's not real money. I pay taxes on that. Well, yes, you are. No, 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 no. You know, it, they don't, you know, it's all right. No, it's, it's illegal. Well, all right, just do it. She still does it today. Hallelujah. Because if she didn't do it, I'd probably still be doing the same stupid thing. You know, like, I don't know. God's good. Amen. Did you get anything today? Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's bless him right now. Come on up, Jill. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God for his word. I said, praise God for his word. Thank God he's given his angels charge over us. I don't want to leave the impression that, you know, you have to be perfect and you don't dot every I, you don't cross every T, then you're not going to get help. No, thank God for the mercy of God. But as we grow up, God expects more out of us, doesn't he? And he expects us to, to speak right. He expects us to live right. Nobody's perfect. Everybody, everybody fails. Everybody has to keep the flesh under. Sometimes we let it get the better of us, but it's not our lifestyle. See, It's not our lifestyle. It, it, that's a, a, a deviation maybe for a moment where we let the flesh get the best of us, you know. Um, God made provision for that. And he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Thank God for that. Amen. Um, because we all mess it. We all miss it from time to time. Even the Apostle Paul, great Apostle Paul said, I have to keep my body under. Unless I get disqualified. So he, he, even he had to, you know, deal with things. But our lifestyle is a lifestyle of following God. Our lifestyle is a lifestyle of pleasing God. We watch what we say. We watch our words. We we watch how we live. We watch what we allow ourselves to do. We keep it in line with God's Word. When we do that, I think we can expect all the help heaven can give us. I really do. All of it. And if we do mess up, thank God for 1 John 1, 9. says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. What else will He do? Cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Right? I have in my Bible, listen right here. If we're cleansed from all unrighteousness, what's left? Just righteousness. So if I miss it, you know, I ask God, and I know it. I just say, Lord, I'm not going to live that kind of lifestyle. Sorry, I I just messed up. Hallelujah. Anybody ever had to do that? Sure. I've said things to people. I've had to go back and apologize. Apologize to them. Ask God to forgive me. I'm not saying I cussed them out, but I was rude. I was short. Amen. And I've had to make, make it right. But thank God you can't make it right. Let's all stand up. Thank God for His Word today. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.